Hey, this is Tanya Smart, part of Smart Chronicles. I am here today with Dr. Standron Terry, uh, and we are here to discuss this new initiative she has called Duval Dines Black. And just to give you a little bit of background information on her, her background is in leadership, nonprofit organizations, and she also founded a consulting firm in 2002. And she also has a background in working education, but uh, she really came to my attention, I think with this particular movement a, a couple of weeks ago on Facebook, and I saw that there was an invitation for Duval Dines Black, and I was very interested in having a conversation with her because it seems like it's gaining a lot of steam, and I'm seeing the pictures, and I'm seeing a lot of support from, from African Americans in Jacksonville, Florida. So I just wanted to have an opportunity just to speak with you to see you know, what prompted this movement and just for you to give an introduction of who you are, what you're trying to do, things along those lines. So you, Dr. Terry, would you like to give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you're trying to do with this movement? Okay, thank you, Tanya, and please call me Stan. Um, I, um, I do have a background, my formal education is in business leadership and management and higher education uh, leadership. Uh, that's what my doctorate is in. And I have had a background in higher education. I've been a dean at a few colleges in Jacksonville and worked in a higher education setting for over 20 years. So uh, Duval Dines Black is not in my wheelhouse of, <laughs> of things that I have had any kind of experience in. Um, it was born of just a simple economic idea. Um, I, I do a lot of consulting, and one of the things that I have found is an excellent business model. It is not a formal business model. I just call it the AHA business model. And it's one of those things where a person is going along doing something looks fun, interesting, you know, and something they could jump onto and, oh yeah, by the way, I just learned something, I just made a difference, I just made an impact, and that wasn't their original intention. So uh, we find that a lot um, in higher education will, you know, even with uh, primary education, children. You teach children by songs, by games, and before you know it, you ask them a question and they're able to respond with the correct answer. It's almost like I learned something by accident while I was having fun. So I was sitting on my sofa a few weeks ago. It was on a Sunday. Um, it was the week after a lot of the unrest, um, the riots and things uh, started happening and a lot of the protests. And I knew that this was a pivotal point. Um, the protesters had the attention of the nation. And we have generally kind of, we ride the wave on things. Uh, something will happen, there's a huge response to it until the, new, the next news cycle happens. And I didn't want that to happen. I, I wanted, I'm looking at the coverage of it and I was thinking to myself, now that we have this stage, now that we have this platform, what are you gonna do with it? You're saying the things that you want, but what leverage are you using in order to really get that? You know, so I have found, I stand by this concept have for years that it doesn't, it doesn't mean much to you until it means much to you. So an example of that is, for years, I have lived in a flood zone. 
And I didn't know it until, you know, and, uh, you know, the uh, conversation came up about dredging the St. John's River so that the boats could come in. And I happened to be talking to this young lady who is working a lot in activism in that area. And I was like, you got a very important message. Why have I never heard this? And she was like, oh, we've been on TV. We've been this, we write articles. And I was like, but it wasn't important to me until I found out that, you know, hey, this water could really affect me. So I had the same kind of concept with uh, um, my outlook on the protest. Money drives everything. We can vote at the polls and we really should. We should get out and do our due diligence, research our candidates and vote. But a lot of impact is made with dollars. And so I, I was thinking, you know, how could we make an impact that really says, take me seriously. And I thought about, you know, all of the black dollars, we have $1.8 trillion or more of black income. And only about 2% of that is recycled through our own community. And there's been a lot of information that's out there about how dollars are recycled through other communities before leaving that community. You know, and we see examples of other cultures uh, building up these legacies. But we are so quickly moving our money out of our communities. So a concentrated effort we, we've been hearing about the blackout day on July 7th, where we just want to, you know, no one spend anything so that we could see the impact that the financial pool would have on our economy, on our country. Well, that's great. And it would be wonderful if I said, go out and buy black, but that's so broad that it wouldn't have a huge impact. So I was thinking, what if we just kind of focused? Food is something everyone has to have. They're going to eat, you know, and we even work it into our regular monthly budgets, how much money we're gonna spend eating out or on groceries or on food. That's something everyone does from the lowest economic level to the highest economic level. So I said, well, what if we just said we would focus our money only on black restaurants? So it's not something that you weren't already going to do. You were going to eat, you were going to buy food, you were going to eat out. I just want you to focus all of those eat out dollars in one place on one day. So I'll give a great example, Holy Smoke uh, Barbecue. Aside from it being phenomenal barbecue, uh, free advertisement all day. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's awesome barbecue, so if you've never had it, get out there and get it. But it's directly across the street from another very well-known restaurant. So all day long, I'm sitting there from three to seven, and this continuous stream of cars is coming through Holy Smoke. He's got lines, all his workers are getting this food out, you know, and I saw a few people, I made sure I paid attention to this restaurant across the street. And I saw a few people trickle in, but they were looking over there like, what is over there that everybody is, you know, driving over there to get? And that's the point I want to make. If another business sees that if for just that one day, all that money was focused on that one business, what would happen if 
black people decided to do do this all the time and only supported you know black businesses that would be a huge impact and that would lead them to say hopefully let me get in contact with someone because you know this this has got to come to a stop you know we've got to get these dollars back what is it that they want give them whatever it is they want so that they can stop impacting our business like this um some of the uh, statistics as you have you know are showing that so many businesses have gone out of business mm -hmm. uh, since the beginning of the year and when the pandemic uh, started. So we really want to, you know, make impact in a couple of ways. The first impact is definitely supporting the business and letting them know that people are out here. Um, this puts them on a platform that, you know, thousands of people, most of them for the first time, are hearing about these businesses. So it's making an impact there that will last um, a while. Then it's making the impact in the community because we're funneling those dollars. And then it's making a social impact. Just like you heard about this and wanted to talk to us about this movement, we're wanting more media outlets to you know, step up and want to know what it is we're doing. So we want to make an economic and a social impact by funneling and concentrating these dollars in this community. Nice. So this was your brainchild or is there someone else who you partner with? Yeah, I was just kind of sitting. I, I, I think I'm on a, a level of, um, you know, what was I thinking? You know, you think it's a great idea at the time and then you start doing the work. and like, why did I do this again? But yes, so I thought about it. I'm sitting here on the sofa and I said, okay, well, this is the idea. So I pulled out my phone and I started Googling Black-owned restaurants. Mm -hmm. So I came up with about six or seven and I just went on Facebook to see if they had Facebook pages and I sent them a message and I said, hey, my name is Stan. Here's an idea that I had. I thought it would be great. Are you interested in participating and having your uh, business highlighted? Just, just me and I said you know that I would gather up a few friends and see if they would help and so I immediately got a response back from one of them I was like oh I'm so excited so I said okay this is real so I called the, a few of my friend, friends I made a messenger group and I called I named it the influencers these were different people. Some I have dealt with before, some purely from just following them on Facebook. I assembled these people and specifically asked them to help me based on nothing else but their followings. That they were influential in whatever sphere of the community they were in. Um, some are business owners, others have held you know, different offices and, and others are just popular just by nature of them being popular so it was about eight of them and i asked them hey here's an idea that i had i've already reached out to six or seven restaurants and one's gotten back to me um would you all be willing to use your influence and possibly your money <laughs> to, to help push this initiative everybody said yeah like it was the craziest thing i couldn't believe it but they said yes uh, they were fully on board with the concept, what do you need us to do? So in that one week's time, uh, we put together the list of restaurants. A couple of them had some additional restaurants that they wanted to add. So we reached out to all these restaurants to let them know, hey, this is how we plan for it to happen. Everybody was cool with it. 
So we made a schedule. Uh, one of them created the coolest flyer and logo and everything. Another one uh, did the hashtag of Duval Dines Black. It, it, not that one, but the um, the one with the fist that has the Duval Dines Black. Mm -hmm. That list was actually sent to us. The list of Jacksonville Black-owned businesses like was, was sent to us by someone. So we're actually reworking taking that list to start with, and we're gonna rework it to add in other mm -hmm. restaurants that we have found, all these hidden gems around town. Uh, so um, we decided, okay, the first restaurant was going to be on um, the following, we wanted a week of push and promo. Mm -hmm. So everyone had their Facebook posts and social media posts ready to go with our, our logo and our hashtag and everything. And we said we would push it for a straight week starting on a Monday. So Sunday night, um, we that Sunday, I'm sorry. So Sunday, we everyone posted, hey, this is what we wanna do. Can you guys go to these restaurants on these days? So one of my girlfriends who's in the group, she calls me and she said, hey, well, people are asking like where they could go to find out more information about the restaurant. She says, so I, I made a little group page. She said, go there with me, you know, while we're on the phone and proofread it. So we're on the phone proofreading and she was like, oh my God, Stan. She was like, people are in the group. She was like, I didn't turn it off. People are like joining the group while we're proofreading the page. I said, well, just leave it on. Everything looks good. We go, well, I tried to go to sleep and she calls me back at like midnight and she was like, people are like steadily joining this group. And I said, that's it, go to sleep. We'll check it in the morning. We go to bed the next morning, we woke up and there were 500 people nice. in the group. And it grew like this all through the week. By the time Tuesday ran around, there were 2,000 people in the group. By the end of the first week, there were over 5,000 people in, in the group. And I was like, we never thought that anything, we wouldn't have even had a group. It was just purely, hey, here's the place that you can go and just read about the restaurant. So now we've had constant, uh, and now we're over 7,000 uh, members in the group. And that's just been within two weeks. So um, really good traction, like you said. Um, it grew bigger than what we thought it would grow. Um, we started off with uh, six restaurants, and we started on a Sunday, uh, which was already based on their regular sales, a kind of busy day for Uncle Gene's uh, restaurant. But we went out, we set up out there. Um, one of the guys on the influencer team is a photographer. So he was out taking photos and everything. And Gene's, you know, reports that they did phenomenal business. We had several restaurants who said they doubled their business for those days. Um, of what they usually average. Um, we've had businesses to sell out, you know, of things because our members are constantly coming. And it's probably like every second or third person who comes up says it's their first time being there. So well, my first time at, at Celestials when I went there last week. So there are a couple of restaurants that I never knew existed. And so this is a great opportunity for the restaurant to get free advertisement. So one of the questions I wanted to ask was, um, what have been some of the roadblocks that some of these restaurants have experienced during this COVID era? Because for you to put together this group and this movement at this point in time is a godsend. 
and it's it's gaining it's gaining so much traction, and it's not just great and free it's free advertisement. Um, they're getting revenue, and it may be revenue, new revenue from new new um, customers. So yeah. you know the the business side is like wow. I wonder what's the difference to a comparison. Yeah. So um, we are we're working with those particular restaurant um, owners. They're like our our test <laughs> test uh, group to compare. Now they all knew what their average revenues were for a. Uh, an average day for that particular day of the week, you know, so they they were really precise with their numbers. So now we're looking at crunching more numbers and doing some accounting to see, you know, the lasting impact because several of the restaurants reported that not only did they do almost doubling, you know, um, revenue on that particular day that we were there or that we focused them, but residual you know um, holy folk for example you know that wednesday when we were there they doubled their sales they were selling out of items you know it was kind of like it was crazy because everything lasted like right up until it was time for him to close and then he started running out of everything so it was great and then he said you know the next day people were either coming back or people who couldn't make it on Wednesday but saw the pictures and read how people love the food and said well we're going to come you know there on Thursday you know so they're seeing you know residuals from from this and a lot of them when we talk to them the pandemic has hit them hard um you know people were not going out very leery about other people handling their food you know um people not knowing the certainty of their own income so they were being very guarded with spending you know additional monies and things like that if i can't cook it or have it here in my house you know that's just not going to work um so they were and they were very grateful for this influx because a lot of businesses just didn't make it, just didn't make it. And so they um, are really in a, a better position now. We're kind of coming back. People are are more apt. And I won't say that it's all Duval Dines Black, but you know, we did have a, a huge following. There were a lot of people, like you said, it was their first time and they heard about it because, so these are small businesses. Um, some of them are relatively new businesses, you know, that don't have huge advertising budgets to be able to, you know, have that type of reach. So I, I just thought it was awesome. Um, no one directly asked me, but, you know, you could tell there were some some side eyes, like, how much do I have to pay for this? And we we're like, nothing. We just want, you know, we just want to do it. You know, and when we're out there at restaurants that we had on our shirts, people would roll down their windows and be like, so what, what do you all do? And we're like, no, we're just some friends who just decided, <laughs> you know, we're going to get our other 5,000 friends to spend all their money at these black-owned restaurants. So, you know, now that it's, it's it's really big. We um, we're actually taking this week um, semi off, but we're in planning for how this is because again, we just never had any idea that it would grow to be you know this size, this grouping, this size. So this week we really have to look at some some definite things in going forward. Um, but we'll be putting out a new schedule probably by the end of the end of the week um, going into next week uh, to um, highlight some new businesses um, we have met some 
phenomenal folks that of businesses I've never heard of before. We were sitting at Celestia's and I got the got to meet the owner of um, T Posh. I hope I didn't butcher it, but I think it's T Posh. But she is um, a vegan restaurant. African-American owned and so she is going on our list you know um, others um, black owned coffee shops and things like that and the membership is awesome because they have been we we established this past week an email address ddbfeedback at gmail.com and this was because we were being inundated with inboxes and we didn't want to miss anyone so we were like please email us you know you can email your feedback from the restaurant because one of the things that we didn't want to have on the page was negativity mm -hmm. um, even if you had a bad experience and we're not discounting that anyone did not have a bad experience I mean when you're talking about a small business that may have a staff of you know four or five people and you're asking five thousand people to come on one day undoubtedly something's going to go wrong you know we, we just go in with that that knowledge that something will happen but we asked everyone to pack their patience you know when they came come with their dollars and if you do have feedback that was less than stellar please either share it with the with the owners or if you're not comfortable with that interaction send it to us at this email address we'll take all of your identifying information off of it and compile it and give it to the owner of that restaurant additionally they could use that email address to suggest new eateries um, so that has really been been going well so we've had some owners to email us and say hey how, how do i work with you you know how do i come in and and be a part of do all dines black so those are the things that we're working with this week to kind of get everyone in categories figure out how this is going to go uh what cadence will be you know going on it was a bit overwhelming to have six restaurants in one week um, so we were kind of run ragged. Uh, we washed our shirts like 50 million times. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it was another way to bring in additional black businesses too, because um, Will Do It Apparel created our shirts, you know, and we were able to highlight him on the page and now he's getting orders for the shirts. And, um, you know, we have family and friends that are in other places and, and they're promoting it in their cities and, you know, things like that. So it, it is, it's, an awesome thing i'm overwhelmed i'm i'm so thankful for it but yeah uh, back to that question the business owners really did they they felt it you know during this pandemic some of them um the, a couple of them said that they they did have sort of steady you know because they had a longer tenure where they were um uncle jeans although a lot of people were hearing of him for the first time he has been in that location for 11 years. Um, I had actually been eating there many years be before this happened. He was one of the first people that I thought of um, because I've always had great experience with them. But there were others, about half of them, I hadn't, you know, dined at before. So it was really good to be able to put that shine on those new businesses. So just to piggyback off of what you were saying, um, just in case some people may interpret it differently in terms of how you receive, receive the feedback because the purpose of what your group, and this is how I'm interpreting it, the purpose of your group is just to put a spotlight on the business so, and, and let you experience it for yourself. And it's not to 
change the narrative of, of their experience. But we want to give people an opportunity to have that experience. But when you when you're directing addition, you know, their 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 if they're a negative experience and you're directing it to the email, it's not to change the narrative, it's to give the business an opportunity to address it. I think that we've been in, in this world where everything uh, we have large organizations, large corporations, and they're able to get what needs very quickly. And when you go into a small business, especially a small Black-owned business, they, they are mostly family members who are helping with the business. And I, and I completely understand, I had a business, I started a nonprofit. You're dealing, you're having your friends and family help you. And so you don't always have time or really the money to bring somebody in who may be more experienced, you're just trying to build a business. And so in order for us to help them become better at what they do, we can get get that information. And if the business is open, sit down and have that discussion and then really ask that the patrons speak to them directly. Because I will say I've had, uh, there was a, a, a small, it was a black business where uh, I had an experience that I was not happy with. And so I thought, I reached out to them and we just had a conversation. I said, you know, I'll be back, right? I mean, the food is too good. I understand you, <laughs> you only have about three people working there. But right. the food was exceptional. And I, I love the fact that the owner said, well, this is what happened. I said, okay, I understand. I said, you know, that. thank you for, for um, you know, responding so quickly. Um, and just have patience because we have patience for larger businesses and we have a bad experience. It's weird that people say, "Well, Where the owners don't work in the business." You, you can't. I cannot walk up to the owner of, you know, X Y Z restaurant. I have to be very careful not to. I, I want to call off restaurants. Yeah. You know, not. <laughs> but you know, you you don't want to walk into. You know, you walk in an X Y Z restaurant and well where's the owner the owner like they live in california or what you know they're they've set up shop in my community and want my dollars but no one is available there you know and i and i know that this won't happen all the time but you have that you know ability to go in and say to the people who are actually serving you but a lot of people just don't you know i've seen several comments prior to this on social media that you know hey i'll never go back to xyz again because this happened you know and i comment under it and say well did you tell them you know because you told eight thousand of us but you know you were sitting right there so you know and that that's just my messaging to the group you know if you've had a bad experience i am not discounting your bad experience but this is not the this is not the platform for that we're not bashing businesses because if you had one uh situation on one day that displeased you don't taint the experience or deter up to 7,000 people from that, that could have an amazing economic impact on a business if that information is out there floating around that the food wasn't good or this or that, or they had terrible attitudes. You know, maybe they didn't even know, you know, and so they're going on with business as usual because they think this is working for them until someone tells them. Um, you know, and we, we had a situation with one of the restaurants where, you know, a customer had an issue with their food order. 
I just happened to be there and someone sent me a message. I called the owner, they went and got him out of the back. I gave it to him. They not only contacted that person to rectify the situation, he remade her order, got in his car and took it to her. You know, and so the customer service, you know, aspect of it is was also amazing this week. Even with all of these mm -hmm. customers who were coming in, all of the restaurants were very responsive. Their customer service and attitudes were great. You know, we were going live while these people are running around trying to, you know, get food together. But you know, it was it was so great. It was just a great experience. We're working against stereotypes of, of black-owned businesses. Let's let's just. You know, let's put it out there. And we, at times, can be harder on ourselves than anyone else. And so businesses are, are trying to work against the stereotype of we don't have good customer service. Um, you know, the person wasn't smiling and things along those lines. Like, I, I work in HR. I've had people tell me, like, you weren't smiling. Like, this is my thinking case all the time. Like, I love to have fun, but if I'm reading and, and I'm really engaged in the conversation, I'm not going to smile. But when I'm joking, having fun, I'll smile. And so I think that we, these businesses are working against so many things right now. And so they're really working against that stereotype about bad customer services. I went to Cut Celestial the other day. I think I was there for 15 minutes. I ordered, I was in line for about two minutes. Um, the young lady was at the cash register, um, gave me information about some of the food I ordered. I was talking to this couple behind me. I said, what have you ordered before? And they said, this is my first time too. And it just felt good and everyone was upbeat. The food was very, you know, I, I got it in a short period of time um, and it was just great service. And I, I enjoyed myself. And, I, and for, for me, if we are looking to really um, be patrons, then that's a full experience. And that, that's not just your money. And so if you have a bad experience and it goes back to what you just said, if you do not tell them that you had a bad experience and what that meant, uh, what what that experience entailed, you know, whether or not their food order wasn't right, if you felt the waiter or waitress was rude, or things along those lines, then communicate that to the to the um, owner. But also, there's a way to communicate that, and so we need to communicate that in the right way and, and in the right space as well. And so it's a give and take. You know, there's yeah. learning. Oh, business owners. Bring that up. Yeah, we we go into businesses and we look at it from the point that you know, while I'm spending money, it's your job to make me happy. But patrons have a job as well. You know, we are not there to run these people's business, things like that. You know, I have had conversations with people where, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, I wasn't quite satisfied with this experience. Well, tell me about the experience. What happened? Well, um, I wanted to substitute such and such, you know, and they said that I couldn't or, you know, whatever the case was, or they said I could, you know, take it out, but they still wanted me to pay the same price. Look, do you want these people to rework their entire menu, you know, to satisfy your dining pleasure at that moment. You know, we have to be careful about how we approach, you know, number one, I have a hard and fast rule that I don't bother people when they are messing with my food. But, you know, so. Working in restaurants, I don't ever send stuff back. I, I've worked in restaurants. If it's not fully cooked, I will set it aside. You can box it up and I'll cook it when I get home because I respect my money. But I worked in kitchens in college and when I graduate, I don't send food back. Yeah, you know, and it's and and 
And it's, you know, like you said about stereotypes, sometimes it's not a blanket situation. You can't judge, you know, your experience an experience that you had, you can't use an experience that you had at one place to just blanket the entire industry or the entire culture or, you know, if we did that, we wouldn't interact with anyone. We wouldn't pay for any businesses. We wouldn't buy anything. We wouldn't spend any money. You know, that's just the bottom line of it. So, you know, we just need to be, I think, aware of our own biases, our attitudes, you know, the assumptions that we're making. Um, you know, I, I have sat at most of these restaurants four or more hours, you know, every day. So it, it was more for me, it was more of a realization for me because you're used to, you know, here's 300 people just came in and like you said, spent maybe a maximum of 10, 15 minutes to come in and pick up their food. But I am watching four hours worth of that happening. And, you know, some people I'm just like, how, how are you still smiling? You know, how are you, your feet must hurt from running back and forth and those kinds of things. But they, you know, they kept it up, you know, and didn't drop that. So who's to say that you're not that 299th person that day who, you know, you just, you caught me when I was tired. You know, you just, you just caught me being a human being. And, you know, I, and I, I think sometimes we have unrealistic, you know, expectations and, you know, maybe it's on us to, you know, crack a joke or something, you know. Yeah. I, would, I would come back here and pack this food for you if I could. I can't believe, you know, what you must be going through. You know, just some type of empathy. Um, but yeah, we do encourage everyone to, you know, send the feedback, either give the feedback directly to the business or to send it to us. And, and we have gotten some, we've gotten good feedback and we've gotten, you know, bad experiences. And I'm just so happy that they didn't, you know, like post that out to take, you know, because it could have just been one of those flukes that happened. Yeah. Now, I absolutely tell people, hey, after you try your earnest to share the feedback and if they aren't responsive, if they didn't receive it, you know, in a way, then, hey, you, you did what you, you did, what was reasonable. You yeah. did your reasonable expectation. And if you want to spend your money preferably at another black-owned business, then I, I fully support you in that. But what we don't want to do is just say it was bad. I'm not telling anybody it was bad, but I'm going to share it with a thousand people, you know, how bad it was. It's irresponsible. <laughs> people don't have the opportunity to do that. It's irresponsible to do that to any, any organization without giving them an opportunity to make it up to you. And I'd say most, no matter what size the organization is, 90% of them would like to um, keep your business or like an opportunity to make it up to you. Um, I went to I went to um, this restaurant, the franchise, last year, and I, I got something to go with my niece. And I noticed that my dessert wasn't answered. I'm gonna get a dessert. I usually don't get a dessert. And I remember somebody on Facebook was was um, asking this online. It's like, should I go back? And people were like, no, don't go back to, to get it. And she's like, I seem like I'm. I feel like I'm being petty. And I said, nope. Uh, that happened to me last year, and if you paid for it, then go back. And so I called, I had my receipt, and I called them, and, and the young lady said, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, I'm pulling up your receipt now. Yeah, we, 
uh, I'm sorry it wasn't in your bag. So if you can pick it up anytime, what, what would you prefer? Would you prefer that I refund it or would you like to pick it up? I said, no, I, I, I want to pick up my cheesecake. <laughs> and I came in the next day. It took two seconds. And it's a company business where I've always had good customer service and someone just left out something. And, you know, we sometimes we take it personally and that's that's human. That's normal. And, but we've got to understand that, that it's, it's another human being behind the counter and so you know let's give them an opportunity to make up for that and, and have an opportunity and they don't take that opportunity to retain you as a customer then you know too bad for them then you can move on but we've got to give we've got to be, be easier on each other in general <laughs> the, our fingers are always ready to type something yeah. bad and negative and we're not we're not willing to use those fingers to call or you know to send an email so just got a couple of questions and, I, and I'll let you go I remember you know earlier today I was telling you that since February um, where we had about 1.1 million uh, black businesses black small businesses and then you fast forward to April and that's only about two months it went from 1.1 million black owned businesses to about 600,000 so it was basically cut in half um, so the black community, black owned small businesses have felt the brunt um, of what's going on with the economy. Do you think that the Black Lives protest has put a spotlight on these black businesses? What do you what do you think has started this movement? Not just your movement, but you see nationwide make sure we focus on these businesses. Yeah, I, I think there is a um, a nationwide focus on just um reclaiming blackness altogether mm -hmm. you know you know there's you know people who say you know i'm i'm blackity black 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 today you know i, I love that t-shirt i have definitely got to get one but you know it's it's just like this uh resurgence among a large population because there's there's a population that has never lost that you know has just been pro-black and i i'm a firm believer that being pro-black is not being anti-other you know i can support my own people without alienating uh an entire population hey hello they're there they're still going to be there you know when this is done but you know i i really appreciate all you know we we had a, um an exchange there was a member on the page you know who mentioned something and you know and i said well you know there's not all you know black people on this page I know that we've approved, you know, entrance on other people, other races and nationalities and cultures and things like that. All all dollars that support black business aren't black. You know, there's there's a huge population of, you know, people who empathize and completely support black business, sometimes to an extent more than some of their black, you know, counterparts. But you know, I, I do believe that they're um is that that resurgence of black pride and black support um that this is something more than a wave um i but i really want to see it be a productive wave where we put things in the spotlight and like i said when the next news cycle comes along it just kind of gets washed out you know we want to keep this at the forefront and as far as black owned businesses are concerned it really is it's a great um 
promoter of Black-owned businesses um, as we seek to kind of, you know, uh, increase our visibility and our support of these businesses. Um, we, we, what I encourage people is, you know, there's a, there's a difference between Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Marketing. <laughs> you know, um, you know, there are people who are going to ride that wave, you know, and use the, you know, the momentum that we're feeling just, just to push up businesses. Oh, we're supporters of Black Lives Matter, so shop with us. You know, but are your business practices really saying that you're, you know, you're supporting this online? Yeah. So, yeah. So we want, we, you know, we urge people to, you know, read, number one, you've got to read, you know, you can't just expect the whole microwave situation to keep happening. As soon as I say it, you know, I want an answer there. You know, there have been posts where the whole post is the location, the time, and, you know, everything for the event. And the third comment will be, where is this located? You know, what's the address? I'm like, Google is a thing. Even if you didn't read the post, you know, you could have, so we have some responsibility here. And I even told our, our admins on, on the page, stop answering those questions because they're, you know, number one, we're not being paid for this. You know, we have jobs, we have to work our jobs that pay us and then, you know, come and work with Duval Dines Black. But, you know, I just want us to be a little bit more responsible in everything that we do. You know, we, we just can't, we have to have reasonable expectations of what things are supposed to look like. Um, so I do believe that, that the protests and, you know, this um, increased media attention and increased awareness of blackness and the, the challenges and all the awesome things that are black, you know, as well, because it's not all, you know, my life is, you know, like you said, by far, it's not terrible, you know, but it is, it is definitely on the black, on the backs of some people who did have a terrible time paving this way for me. And I definitely want to acknowledge that. And I want to see, you know, I want to see everybody eat, you know, I want to see everyone do well. Um, but that cannot be a thing until all, all people are seeing your will cannot be here and expect my will to be okay with being here. You know, everybody has to be on a level playing field. And I think that is the message that is missed by a lot. You know, there are several small black owned businesses who um, are not eligible for a lot of programs, a lot of funding, you know, there's all kinds of implications that fall behind these things. Um, there are programs that require that you've been in business for a certain amount of time. Well, you know, guess what? If uh, Johnny has been washing cars down here in front of this restaurant for the past five years, but he just decided to go get a license or, you know, something that officially recognizes him as a business six months ago and all the rules say you have to be in business for a minimum of two years well he's, he's almost tripled that but on paper it's not so you know the education piece has to be there um as well as the support so it it has to be a cycle and you know we've got to figure out where we belong in that cycle and help move it along
Yeah, more than half of the the small um, black-owned businesses don't, don't they don't qualify for traditional funding, and so they're always continually having to continually having to go you know alternative routes. So my last question is, how long do you think you can keep this going? So oh, you know, so you know, there's always so when you know people ask. So I'm now putting on my HR hat, and if you're having a, a, a I'm having a conversation with a friend, I'm I'm being. 50% friend, 50% HR, and we're talking about a new job prospect, and the person says, well, how much do you think I should ask for a salary? And so I'd, I'd ask, how much do you want, and how much do you think, how much do you, can you live with in terms of your bills getting paid and you not having to, to um, you know, be out there panhandling? <laughs> so what, what, what would be the ideal amount, uh, what you really think you're worth when you take a look at everything you've done, and, and and then what would you, I don't want to say settle for, but what would you be willing to agree to? So when you think about this movement and you think about long-term, even though it's been, it's in its infancy stage, um, where do you see this going? Uh, that's what this week is for. Strategic <laughs> so planning. We're kind of taking some semi-time off because we, you know, I don't know, it just, it was one of those flash in the pan kind of ideas like, oh, I wonder if this will work. Well, hey, hello, it worked, you know, so now, um, so we're looking at a few different things, um, just how feasible um, it is, you know, as I mentioned, everyone who's working on this project is is volunteering. They were kind of voluntold. Um, so I did put it out to the group and I said, you know, I completely understand if you've had as much fun with this as you can stand, you know, and you want to bow out. I, you know, I'm so grateful to that group of friends who stepped in to help me, you know, kind of manage this. Um, but that is definitely what we're doing this week. We're looking at what our continuation plan uh, would look like. We definitely want to continue um, highlighting these businesses and we don't want to lose this this momentum you know when something grows from nothing to over 7000 people inside of a week you know there's there's something a little bigger than yourself there you know and somebody people think that this idea is such a great idea that they're you know they're following they're engaging they're sharing their feedback and things like that and that's something that needs to continue um, one immediate thing that you know that will be done inside of the next few days, inside of the next five days, is we're going to be transitioning um, from the group page to an actual page, an organization page, a page versus a group mm -hmm. um, on Facebook. There's definite advantages to being on a page versus a group. Things kind of get lost in a group. Um, it's a little more informal and things like that. So we're able to do a lot more things on a page. Um, I could have different groups that are set up. We can have tabs for different feedback so that things aren't just kind of lost in the mix. Um, so that is one thing that we'll definitely um, be doing here soon, um, setting, getting that all set up. And just, you know, I, I want to ride it as much as we can, as long as we can. You know, I'm a consultant by trade. So, you know, things like this, projects like this are kind of what I work with for other people. But, <laughs> you know, just having your own is, is, is something totally different. So I do want it to continue um, 
keep an eye out for our, you know, updates and things. I would love to come back at some point and talk about like where we are, where we plan to go. But um, it's it's kind of a Duval Dines Black is a, a thing of its own. It's we've created a monster, so you know we're gonna feed our monster and treat it nicely, so <laughs> it will continue to work with us. So well, I, I would definitely love for you to come back and we can just do a comparison of when you started with the 7,000 members and we'll see how many more members you can actually bring on board. And I'd love to be able to have a conversation about the economic impact um, just after we've seen a, a couple of months go by, what's the economic impact and really maybe to a certain extent challenge the businesses to continue to record that and capture capture that information yeah you know capture it in a lot of see what works yeah we've def definitely been asking the membership that you know even with this week with us not having a set schedule we put out the you know the list of the jacksonville black owned businesses um you know just leading up to the blackout day on the 7th and all this week you know if you have to spend spend black you know patronize these um, restaurants and make sure that you mention Duval Dines Black. So, you know, we want to hear that feedback from the businesses, you know, hey, on an average day, you know, how many people say they came in because of Duval Dines Black? You know, when I, when I would go live at the locations, I would always ask, you know, before I start, of all you people who are here waiting, are you waiting because you heard this on Duval, Duval Dines Black and over half of them would like raise their hand and be like, yep, we're here because of Duval Dines Black. You know, and it's just amazing. You know, I've been sitting at places and, and a young lady came in one day and she said, I'm here because you told me to come. <laughs> she was like, I'm only here because you told me to come. And I'm like, oh, I have that kind of power, you know. <laughs> uh oh, created a monster. Monster with power, but no, it is it is really, really awesome. Um my my family is like, oh, you know, people are you're getting noticed and you know, my children, that's your mom. You know, so it's, it's pretty cool. It is cool, um, but it, it's work. So just finding that manageable kind of outline for us to follow is going to be what's next. So I, I'm excited about it. I want to see it go, keep going. Yeah. Definitely. So two last things. How do we get a hold, how do we uh, get a hold of the t-shirts and what are your social media handles? Okay. Every social media handle is Duval, Duval Dines Black. Hashtag Duval Dines Black. The group page is Duval Dines Black. Instagram is Duval Dines Black. Um, we are on Twitter. Uh, I may do it. Uh, <laughs> just to have all of the, uh, the social media platforms covered. Um, but Facebook is definitely the, the huge draw. Um, we have been re- um, like broadcast by some popular groups on Instagram. So we try to post everything that's on Facebook on Instagram as well. Um, as far as the shirts, We'll Do It Apparel um, is our official printer for our shirts. Um, he also has an Etsy shop on Etsy. So he is um, locally owned in Jacksonville after American has been in business for many many years I have several shirts that he's done for me um, 
he is also the official printer of Color of Change. Um, so the um, a lot of people saw my my T-shirt voting while black, and they were like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And I was like, "We'll do it a pair," you know. And I even made like a little collage of all the shirts that he's you know done over the years that you know I have. So he's awesome, amazing, great business guy fast turnaround. Um, so I love plugging him. He does such amazing work. I've never had a bad experience with him. So his name is Will William Batts and his uh, business is Will Do It Apparel. And it's also posted on the, um, in the group, in the uh, Duval Dines Black page. So all the handles are hashtag Duval Dines Black. I have to give a huge shout out to Kendra Jones who came up with Duval Dines Black. That was not, I'm not on the creative side, I'm more on the management uh, side, but she, I just, I asked her, I was like, hey, hey, we gotta have something to call this. Like, what are we gonna call it? And she said, okay, I'm, I'm starting to work right now. I'll get you some ideas. And um, she's one of those people that I could absolutely see out in California writing for a movie set or something like that. She's super creative, um, but she works in the financial sector. Uh, so we've got all these hidden talents, um, but she gave us a few choices and everybody was immediately Duval Dines Black. I love it. You know, the straight to the point, if you saw it by itself, you would, you know, have an idea of what it meant. It doesn't need a lot of explanation and things like that. So great, you know, and now my, my whole tagline is, it's there from Duval Dines Black. <laughs> so yeah, we, um, definitely uh, one of the things we, we do that we wanted to come out of this anyway was a way to work with our Black businesses because mm -hmm. we, we just know that there are some things we can't, there are some learnings um, and opportunities that we either aren't exposed to, um, can't afford, or you know, just don't have the time, you know. But we really want to work with them on while they're working in their business, they can work on their business. So this feedback definitely helps. You know, bad experiences. Not all bad experiences are for your bad. A lot of them are for your good because this is how, how we grow and. You know, and they've been very open to it. So this this test bunch has been like a godsend bunch of businesses. They're very responsive and, and supportive of each other. So it's been really great. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you. Thank you for the offer. I look forward to uh, this being uh, even bigger than it is now and coming back and talking to you again. Can't wait. <laughs>